Welcome to the very first episode of Everything Economics. My name is Talia. I basically just think there are some concepts about economics that everyone needs to know throughout life that will just help you understand the world and how it operates. Maybe get rid of a little bit of anger anger about things, maybe create some more. Either way, I want to use this podcast as a platform to explain these basic concepts in a simple way and couple it with real life relevant examples. It is the very first episode, so I'm going to lay some foundations for you all. First thing I want to chat about is what is a market? We talk about markets in economics a lot. You hear the phrase everywhere, on the news, on social media, in the paper, just in everyday conversation. Simply put, because it is a simple concept, a market is somewhere commercial dealings are conducted, where goods and services are sold or traded for something of equal value, whether that's another good or service or money. Markets have been around forever and will exist for as long as humans engage in trade, which I think will be until the end of time. Now I want to discuss information. Information is basically what makes a market function. Producers want information about demand, costs, any risk to their product, virtually everything that could impact the production and the trade of their product. Consumers want information about the product, prices, the quality, reputation, and more. When a market has perfect information, that is everyone knows absolutely everything that there is to know, goods and services are traded for their exact value. So think of a good that is pretty much the same everywhere throughout the world, something like wheat. Maybe not completely perfect, but it's almost a perfect information market. In reality though, many markets are not like wheat and they're subject to imperfect information and things can get a little bit more complicated. This brings me to my all-time favorite economic theory, something I think everyone needs to know about and something that will come up in many episodes in the future, and that is externalities. An externality exists when a market is not at its most efficient point because of the information that is there. It can be categorized in two different ways. So you get both positive and negative externalities and consumption and production externalities. It is basically a benefit or disadvantage that is experienced by anything that did not choose to incur that benefit or disadvantage within that market. When we're talking about externalities in a market, we're talking about total utility. So we're not talking about the producer, we're not talking about the consumer, we're talking about the market as a whole and not the individual benefits or disadvantages, but overall what happens because we're trying to reach optimum outcomes where everybody benefits. So an example of a positive production externality, a house with an immaculate garden. The occupant of the house has chosen to produce a beautiful garden and incur all of the cost to receive the positive benefits. The neighborhood in comparison is a third party who did not incur any of the production costs, but enjoys the benefits it brings because a nice garden is a nice thing. The person next door might then be inspired to grow their own nice garden and attract native birds, insects, butterflies, and everything like that. And it can continue down the entire street until you have this 
really lush environment with a thriving ecosystem and happy people who live there. That's a positive production externality. The left, and when I talk about the left, I just mean the left side of politics. We don't need to get too into those kind of labels. But they would say that governments should provide incentives to encourage this type of behavior to reach a market equilibrium where everyone is receiving exactly what they want. The other side, the more right political side, says that this kind of equilibrium should be reached by the free market. That is okay for some things, but in all honesty, I don't really agree with that. Um, And I think a perfect example of where government intervention should come in with externalities is when you look at negative production ones. On the other side of production externalities, and then we'll get to consumption externalities, I want to explain a negative production externality. And this is where I think the free market kind of fails in society and governments could be doing a lot more or private entities could be doing a lot more to eliminate these externalities. So basically a negative production externality occurs when something is produced that disadvantages a group of people or the environment, anyone who doesn't actually choose to produce that they still incur all of the costs think for example carbon emissions there are so many negative impacts experienced by society when a private company releases carbon emissions into the atmosphere these costs are not paid for by the company so the social cost that's what we call the cost incurred by the market overall exceeds the private cost which is what the individual company is incurring What's actually going on is not reflected by what is being paid when we're in a monetary system. They can be incurred by surrounding communities, the flora and fauna in the area, even things as far as a fishing community that might be 400 kilometers away from a paper mill might suffer a reduction in fish stocks because of pollution taking place way upstream. Virtually every impact is counted in the social costs. And this is what happens when... That private cost doesn't actually reflect what is going on in the market. So I think it's pretty safe to say that in this society that we live in right now, the free market does not manage this type of externality at all. In my opinion, I think that negative externalities should be combated. Negative production externalities and consumption externalities should be combated by taxes. If you have a look at something like cigarettes and alcohol, That's an example of a really prevalent negative consumption externality. When you smoke a cigarette, the people around you smoke a cigarette and they haven't chosen to do that. If you're a heavy smoker, you're going to suffer a lot of other health problems that will put you into the public health system and put a cost on the healthcare providers to look after you, whether it's just dietary related, whether it's skin, respiratory, whatever that may be. There are costs attached to you smoking or you consuming alcohol, you eating a lot of sugary foods, all of those sorts of things that aren't actually reflected in the price that you pay for that good. Now, cigarettes and alcohol are taxed to combat that. So governments have done the economically sensible thing and they have put taxes to discourage this type of behavior. So you might pay an extra $10 per pack of cigarettes because of the tax. And that goes into a pool of money, which then goes to fund the healthcare that you might be receiving in the future. 
Same with alcohol. It's not always bad, don't get me wrong, but it does lead to a lot of violence and a lot of health problems as well. So you pay extra taxes on alcohol. So if the police force needs to get funding, then they've got some there from the market that is actually creating a demand for them to be in the community. So when you look at those types of goods, I think it's pretty easy to see that taxing negative externalities has definitely worked. So when it comes to emitting carbon, there's no reason that there shouldn't be a tax that says for every ton of carbon that you release into the atmosphere, you will get taxed. And what this does is it increases the price. And we all know that when price increases, demand decreases. We know that it has worked for smoking. There are so many fewer smokers in the world since taxes came in. There are also a lot of new smokers just don't even start because it's too expensive for them. Why would you want to spend $30 on that when you could not? Same as goes for carbon. When you tax it, emissions go down because companies just they care about the bottom line when it comes down to it. So you really need to give them that monetary incentive. It makes them look at ways that they can be more efficient because while they might not be suffering the cost of what they're doing, everyone around them is. And I think indirectly, they definitely are as well because it's the world. It's where we all live. The argument against that instead of taxing is that there should be some kind of cap and trade system. Pretty much both work. You do get to the same outcome when you look at it just from a purely theoretical point. I think that taxes are just more transparent and they are more simple because the government does it so you can see it clearly and it's like a percentage. A cap and trade system is different because instead of taxing the amount, the government would decide how much carbon is allowed to be in the atmosphere. So they're kind of creating a market there where they're saying there are this many permits, let's just say 100, we're in a, we're in a tiny, tiny little economy. There are 100 tons of carbon permits that you can buy. Companies then have to buy them to be allowed to release one ton of carbon. So when they release those, if heaps of people want to buy them, that is going to completely skyrocket the price. So say someone comes in and buys 50 because they're, they're an oil company and they release a lot of carbon and they aren't at the point yet where they can actually lower that without completely shutting down their business. So they buy a bunch of the permits. So the price goes way up. Now they're allowed to pollute and they almost have an incentive now to get their carbon down so they can resell those permits at a higher price than what they bought them for. And then over time, the idea is that eventually those permits would be worth almost zero because behavior would have changed and no one needs them anymore. I just think that's just a bit too complicated when it comes to something like climate change. We really need to act on this quickly and a tax is a much easier way than opening up this weird idea of trading carbon emissions. I just think it's very strange that you can purchase the right to pollute, but you get the same result. So something is better than nothing. Now, on the other side of things, let's talk about some positive externalities. So I mentioned the garden before. Another good example that a lot of people, if you're lucky to live in a country like Canada or Australia or pretty much anywhere in the Commonwealth, to be honest, is education. So when you consume education, you not only benefit yourself, but you also benefit your community and your economy because you're learning, you become more of a critical thinker you can contribute to something at a higher level. Whether it is the fact that you are learning to be a mechanic or learning to be a doctor, if you're consuming some kind of skill and you're being taught about it, that's a positive 
consumption externality that benefits society as a whole. So the things that we can do to encourage this kind of behavior is provide cheaper education if you are a citizen of a country, provide education loans so you're not paying a ridiculous amount back in interest, but you're given something fair and reasonable. That means that you can actually get a skill so you can then go and earn a higher income and contribute more to your community. Some other things that happen in the more free market side of things would be that a university would offer scholarships. They don't have to do that. No one's telling them to do that, but there is a demand for the education and some companies want to donate to that cause and promote education that way. I think it should just be provided for free to everybody or at the bare minimum, you pay a subsidized price from the government and you get cheap and affordable loans. As you would expect, you can also have positive production externalities. They're not as common and they're not as widely discussed because it's just not something that really happens. Most of the time, if someone is producing something, it's because somebody will buy it, not because it benefits the system overall. We live in a monetary world. I think some types of things that could be an example of a positive production externality that you would want to encourage is a recent example of toilets being created that don't use water that are being implemented in drought-ridden like like drought-ridden countries something like that probably not a whole lot of demand for it where there is money because we have fresh water in places that are wealthy most of the time but that's the thing that benefits an entire country and society as a whole is giving people the ability to use a toilet rather than having open waste systems which just spreads disease and is very unhygienic. So things that you can do. The government can offer subsidies where they will give a certain amount of money, a percentage, whatever it is, to people who produce these items, to people who are engaging in this kind of production. Similar to providing free education, they can give money to the provider because they know that the production of education benefits the community as a whole rather than just that one individual person consuming it. The alternative is just let the free market be the free market, let people pay as they see fit. So this is more when you get into private donors and fundraising and things like that. Again, I think this is fantastic if you have some people in your community or society who are absolutely passionate and have the means to run a fundraising campaign and try and get private donors. But not everybody has that. I mean, it could happen, but not as quickly as if there's a government subsidy. I just think government subsidies and taxes are much more transparent, less complicated, and there's more accountability to it. There aren't shareholders at the back of a donor or a company saying, why are you spending my money in this way? Who don't really understand that it's going to a greater good. So in a nutshell, just to wrap up, externalities are pretty much anything extra that happens where the cost, where the costs of the benefit or the disadvantage aren't incurred by the people who suffer it or receive it. What we're trying to do when an externality exists is get rid of the loss or make it up to reach the benefit So the outcome, social equilibrium, is achieved and everybody is winning. That was the first episode ever of Everything Economics. I hope you enjoyed it and learned something. You can follow the show on Twitter at Everything Economics. You can also follow the Cave Goblin Network where we have some other great podcasts that you should listen to. 
at cave goblins and also at cavegoblins.com we are cave goblins across all of our social media platforms so please come and give us a like and check out what we offer